Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Pastor Adam Jungblut. Good morning. My name is Adam Jungblut. I'm the membership ministry pastor here at the park. Some of y'all are thinking, wait, did he take that out of my closet? Wait, I thought I had that. Yeah, I know. I heard a couple of chuckles as soon as that came out. Hey, listen, I'm really glad y'all are here. We are in our second week of our series, God Is. And I love this series because we're looking at different roles that God desires to play in our lives. Last week, we looked at God is Father. And this week, we're going to look at God is Peace, as illustrated by kind of this John Denver-ish hippie right here. Listen, but playing different roles in our lives, it's not like that's a foreign concept. We all play different roles. And lots of us, we play different roles in our lives almost every day. We play the roles of, you know, mother, father, son, brother, daughter, friend, coworker, boss, employee, Facebook junkie, Texans fans, all of these different, you know, things that we have in our life. And the reality is, is that the more roles you know somebody in, well, the better you know that person. And that's the goal is for us to know God better. That's what we want. We want to know him more intimately. We want to know him more fully. And so the more roles we're able to know him in, well the better we're going to know him. And that's what we want to do. That's the goal of this series, is to know him in lots of different roles. And so today we're going to look at at knowing God as peace. It wasn't too long after we moved into the house that we live in now that we met one of our neighbors, an elderly man. He lives down the street a ways. Uh, He lives there by himself. His wife passed away a couple of years ago. And uh, we... We just kind of have a friendship, and we don't talk that frequently, but we talk whenever he's out walking his dog or whenever he walks to, to check his mail. And I remember, and this was a while ago, we, we struck up a conversation. He was talking about how he was really frustrated um, because there were, some, there were some kids who were messing with him, that were messing with his house. They were ringing the doorbell and then running away. They were throwing rocks at his house. They were putting, you know, shaving cream and, you know, stuff like that on door handles and just just really messing with him. And it was really rocking his world. He really didn't know how to handle it. And my heart absolutely broke for him because it really scared him. It went beyond just kind of a nuisance and an annoyance that it really affected him. He started staying awake until about three or four o'clock in the morning just out of fear, just maybe that he could catch the guys. Maybe that it wouldn't happen, or maybe if he was awake, he'd open a door, it wouldn't scare him. And so he would wind up sleeping all day, which means that he couldn't get the errands done that he needed to, which means that it, and it just steamrolled on him. And it just became this massive deal, and they just kept doing it, and they just kept ringing the doorbell and running, and he, he just couldn't catch them, and it just kept becoming this really, really big issue. And my heart just broke for him. As he just started sharing this stuff. And he was really frustrated because in our neighborhood, we have a, uh, we have a, of a guard gate. When you drive in, you, you know you have a little gate that you have to go through. And the guard drives around every once in a while. And there's also a constable that drives around. And, and he was really frustrated that how could stuff like this happen in our neighborhood? 
And, and I quickly realized that all of his hope and all of his security was placed in this guard gate, in this constable that was driving around. And when, and when this was broken, and when the security and the hope that he had placed his, placed his hope into, when, it, when the structure had kind of crumbled and fallen apart, he didn't know what to turn. And so he constantly lived in fear and anxiety and worry. And for an elderly, widowed man, he had no peace. What would you have told my neighbor? What would you have said to him? I mean, I, I, I just wonder for a second, where do we find our peace? I mean, for him, it was a guard gate and a constable. Where do we find our peace? Is it in a career? Is it in a, a job path? Of, I'm going to climb this ladder and I'm going to move here. Is it in a paycheck that's going to come in, that's going to meet needs? Is it in having lots of connections? Lots of connections with lots of friends. Or maybe it's having high-powered friends who you know. Maybe it's the number of Facebook friends, that's where the peace comes in. Maybe it's in a house, the location. Maybe it's the alarm system. Maybe it's in, in family. Maybe it's in a trust fund. Maybe it's in a guard gate. And a constable driving around. What is it that we've literally contracted our peace out to? So my neighbor, he contracted out to that guard gate. And that constable that drove around. When that contract broke, his world came tumbling down. And I saw it in his eyes. And my heart broke for him. What's to say our contract's not going to break? I mean, it's easy to see why we would find and look for peace in the world around us, in the circumstances, and want to find peace in kind of the, the environment that we have. I mean, it's easy to see why we would do that, but the crazy thing is, it's that same world that continues to suck the peace out of us. The peace that we, the, the world that we look for peace in is the same world that never gives us peace. It's a train wreck over and over again for us. Look, it's in this moment when we are trying to find peace in our world and the same world keeps taking that peace away from us that God wants to step in. That God wants to step in and play the role of God is peace. Not just a peace that'll just get us through some small difficult times. Not just a little calm in the storm, but a sustaining life-giving peace. That's the role that God wants to play. And we don't find it in the world around us. Praise God, we find it in his word. Psalm 62 lays out beautifully for us this image of trying to find peace in the world and yet finding it with God. David writes Psalm 62, and if there's anybody that is Able to write about finding peace, it's David. Because David understands living a life of unrest and chaos. 
David understands it from the fact that there were times when Saul's army was out to kill David. And David was hiding in the caves because there was an army looking to destroy him. Where's the peace in that? David understands living a life of unrest and chaos. He had to grieve and get over the loss and the death of his son. Where is the peace in that? And so when David writes Psalm 62, this is one of those verses, this is one of those passages that we need to look into, that we need to grab hold of and soak out everything that is in there. I want us to look right now at just the first two verses of it. David talks about his relationship and trying to find peace with the world and how the world is treating him. And I got a feeling you're going to really resonate with it and you're going to understand exactly what David is talking about. So let's take a look at Psalm 62 and verses 3 and 4 real quick. I feel like a a shaky fence or a sagging wall. How long will all of you, talking about the outside world, attack and assault me? You want to bring me down from my place of honor. You love to tell lies. And when your words are kind, hatred hides in your heart. Look, have you ever lived like that? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like everything that you've contracted peace out to is crumbling at the same time? Have you ever felt like all of your kids are getting sick at once and everything is falling apart? The peace that you have in your home is gone. Do you ever feel like the peace that you look for is just hidden somewhere between loads and loads and loads of laundry and you can't find peace? Everything. The day that you're having a horrible day, the rest of your family's having a horrible day. That's when the car breaks down. Everything is happening. You are being attacked from all sides. Everywhere that you've contracted peace out to, those contracts are breaking. The guard at the gate is letting everybody in. You ever felt like that? That's exactly how David felt. And he didn't just feel it once in his life. He felt it constantly. But in these next two verses, David gives us insight into three ways that we can know God as our peace. That we can know God as this sustaining, life-giving, encouraging peace that will walk us through the most difficult of times. I want, I want us to look at these next two verses, and we're going to pull three things out. Three things out. So here we go. What are these three healthy ways that I can know God as my peace? Here's the first one. Make peace with God first. The very first thing that David tells us is to make peace with God first. Look what it says in Psalm 62, verse 5. Only God gives inward peace, and I depend on him. Circle the word inward real quick. As I was reading through and doing some studying on this passage, it just really struck me, it's awkward, that the first thing that David talks about is this concept of inward peace. When in verses 3 and 4, everything of the chaos and the unrest that he talked about was from the outside world. It's all external chaos. It's all of this external at war and trouble and unrest that he's in. 
But yet the very first thing he talks about in verse 5 is an inward peace. You see, David understood something. David understood something that if we don't get, we will be looking for peace from every corner of the universe and we will never find it. Peace starts on the inside. And it only comes from God. At the times when David was at the most unrest in his life, the first place that he had to look was in his relationship with God. That's where he started. So listen, have you been trying to find peace in your life, contracting peace out to everything imaginable in your life, and yet never found peace with God? See, it's easy to understand why we would never have peace in every aspect of our life if we're not at peace with God. You see, God is this perfect God, and yet we are mistake-sin-filled people. So if there is God over all of the universe, the creator of everything, who is perfect, who desires to have a relationship with us, and we are filled with mistakes, well, how can we be at peace with him? Well, we can't. If we are not at peace with the one who made us, with the one who created us, with the one that has a purpose for our life, how can you have peace anywhere else? How can you have peace in your family How can you have peace in your job? How can you have peace in your finances if you don't first have peace with God? Well, you can't. The Bible actually says that you are not, if you're not for God, if you're not with him, then you're against him. And it has this imagery of being at war against God. Probably some of you feel that way on the inside. You understand exactly what that means. It's that battle that you've been waging on the inside of your life, possibly for years. It's this concept that you just can't put to bed, you just can't rest with. It's God that has been whispering at your heart, that has been tugging at you, desiring to have a relationship with you, and you don't know how, and you don't know what to do, and you don't know where to go, and the questions that you have have brought you here. Well, listen, peace in your life starts with accepting God's Son, Jesus Christ, into your life as your Lord and Savior. You see, God desires to be at peace with you so much so that he sent his Son, Jesus Christ, here to earth to live a perfect life and then to die on the cross for all of our mistakes, for all of our sins. So that we can be in union and be at peace with God if we accept his son as our Lord and Savior. That's where peace starts. That's where it begins. Only God can give inward peace. And if you're going to have peace anywhere in your life, it has to start on the inside and it has to start with God. And your first step is to accept his son in your life as your Lord and Savior. If you've never done that before, I want you to do that today. I want peace to begin in your life this morning. Listen, there's a sample prayer on the back of your sermon notes. You can pray that prayer right now. If you want to continue to think about it, well, then wait a little bit. We'll give you a chance at the end of the message. You can do it with Pat and the worship team. Come back up here. But today, today, 
Let peace begin on the inside. And listen, for those of you in this room that are already Christ followers, have already done that, listen, here's a question for you. How's your relationship going with God right now? If you're not at peace on the outside of your life, well, start with the inside. How's your relationship with God? It's one that you have, but it might be distant. Listen, it starts on the inside and it starts with God. I was the second thing. The second thing that David lays out for us in this passage on how we can know God as our peace. Well, the second thing is that we must be obedient so I can be kept safe. To know God as our peace, we must be obedient so I can be kept safe. Look what it says in Psalm 62, verse 6. Just the first half of the verse. God alone is the mighty rock that keeps me safe. It was a number of years ago, my family and I, we went on a, a vacation. We went to California. And we stayed at this amazing, I, I mean amazing house. We were on the coast in California. We were kind of up on a cliff. We were overlooking the Pacific Ocean. And every morning for breakfast, I get breakfast and a cup of coffee. I'd go outside and I'd sit on the porch and I'd watch just these massive waves come crashing in on these huge rocks. And I would just think, how long have these mighty rocks been there? How many thousands of years have they withstood those waves? And if you looked off to the right, there was this huge rock that was out there. And on it were all of these seals and sea lions. And you could just see them out there. And you would watch them out there and you would watch these waves. And they would come crashing against this huge rock. And every once in a while, you would see a fin come up out of the water. And a big hump of the whales and the killer whales that were also going by. Gorgeous. I mean, absolutely amazing vacation. But as I thought about it. As long as the seals and the sea lions were on the rock, they were safe. The moment they got into that water, they were at risk. They were at risk of being slammed against the rock by the waves. And they were at risk of being breakfast, just like I was eating. Look, this is the concept that David is trying to get across. This is the concept. He says, listen, once you have inward peace, once you have inward peace, your inward life has to reflect your outward life so that you can be kept safe. You see, there's this this idea here, and if your inward life doesn't reflect your outward life, well, then God can't keep you safe. Let, let Let me put it to you this phrase. Rob and I try to convey this in our parenting to our kids all the time. But let me just give you a couple examples. When we're in a parking lot, we tell the kids, listen, we're in a parking lot, you have to hold our hands. If they're not obedient, we can't keep them safe. If we're not holding their hands, car comes by, they can run off. If they're not obedient, we can't keep them safe. One of our favorite things to do in the summertime, we've got season passes to SeaWorld. We drive down, I mean, we'll wake up early in the morning, go to SeaWorld for the day, come back late at night. We tell them when we're at SeaWorld, you have to be where we can see you at all times. If we can't see you, we can't keep you safe. If they're not obedient, we can't keep them safe. 
Look, it's the same concept. It's the same idea of God alone is our mighty rock that keeps us safe. Look, this idea of being at peace comes with this concept of being safe and being secure. When we're at peace, we're secure. All of our boundaries are secure. Everything is fortified. We are taken care of. Look, to carry on the idea that David's talking about here, he says, look, your inward peace has to align with your outward peace. Look, when you have inward peace with God, you can't say, okay, God, look, we're good now on the inside. I've got my relationship with you. We're good. We're at union. But I'm going to continue to my life to live my life on the outside just like I want. I'm going to do things like I want, like I desire, but we're going to have a good relationship. Right, God? Cool? No. You are inviting chaos into your life. You're inviting trouble. Look, two quick little bullet points on how you can be kept safe. On how you can be kept safe. And so that all of this can kind of fall all into place for you. Here's the first one. The first one is you've got to go on the offensive against sin. You've got to go on the offensive against sin. Look, just a second ago when I was talking about our inward life aligning with our outward life, I've got a pretty good chance that there was something in your mind that you were kind of already thinking of, yeah, that really doesn't align with my relationship. Maybe it was language. Maybe it was interactions or relationship or something, that a hobby that you do. It could have been anything. TV, movies that you watch, music you listen to. It could have been anything. Listen. You've got to go on the offensive against sin. When there is sin in our lives, and we know that it is sin, we are inviting this chaos, this unrest, to come into our life and wreck the peace, the inward peace that we have. We're inviting it. We're saying, come on in. This peace that we got in verse 5, this peace that only God can give, it's like we're saying, hey, listen, I've got this inward peace, but I want to sin, and we're just throwing that peace out the window. Let me give you an example. If you have anger issues, the Bible's really clear that anger issues are a sin. Just paint this scenario in your mind. Family, you're home, one night, something happens, one of the kids does something, they're disobedient. And you get really mad and you fly off the handle and you get angry. And I mean, voices raised, things are said, anger is totally lost. How's the peace in the home going? Is it good? How's peace with the kids? A lot of crying going on. How's peace with the spouse working out? Not so good. Yeah. You see, that's what happens. That's what happens when sin gets involved with our peace. When there is sin involved in our outward life, it wrecks the peace that we have. We have got to go on the offensive against sin. God has offered this peace to us. He said, listen, here is this peace that we have in a relationship. Listen, now go and live in that. Live in this relationship. 
But when we openly sin and we know it is sin, we're just throwing that peace out the window. We're saying, God, I know you as peace, but like, I'm really not going to use you in that role because I'm going to choose to sin. We have got to fight sin in our lives. You have got to go on the offensive against sin. Here's the second thing that you got to do. If you're going to be kept safe by the mighty rock, here's the second thing. To have God as your peace. You've got to read God's word daily. You've got to read God's word daily. You've got to read it so that you know what to be obedient to. I mean, how are you going to know what to be obedient to if you don't read God's word? Listen, reading God's word, it's not like an option. It's not like the bonus points of a pop quiz. You have to read God's word. You have to do it. Look, look at it this way. When two countries are at war, and they've been warring, and they've been battling for years, when they call a truce and war is over, they sign and they write a declaration called a peace treaty. And it's filled with this list of, okay, we're going to do this as a country, and we're going to do this as a country. And as long as all this is taken care of, then we're going to be at peace. But the moment one of these is broken, we're going to be at war again. Look, do you think if a country signed a peace treaty that they would read it? Yes, they would read it and they would make sure that it's there. Look, the Bible's like our peace treaty. You see, before we had a relationship with God, we were totally at unrest. We were against him. We were at war. He's a perfect God. We're imperfect people. We can't even be on the same team. But yeah, because we accepted his son, Jesus Christ, into our life, we're now have a relationship with God. And the Bible is our peace treaty that we have with him. The moment we step out of bounds with it, it's like we're going to battle with God again. And listen, we know what that's like, and nobody likes that side of life. So we've got to read it. Listen, it always bugs me always bugs me when people talk about the Bible. Well, it's just a list of do's and don'ts. That's all it is. Oh, that irks me on so many levels. One, the Bible's the greatest book, the most living, active, amazing book you will ever put in your hands. Limiting it to that just frustrates me. And then on the other hand, I hear people all the time, and I'd be willing to bet that a lot of y'all are this way. I hear people all the time say, I'm a list person. I like working off lists. I like to-do lists. I like making myself to-do lists. I like checking things off. I like making little boxes. And when I get something done, I check it. People like making their little deals on, you know, their iPhones and their iPads. And they've got their little to-dos. And they set their reminders. And they do things. And people operate off of checklists. And they love it. Yeah, you're a checklist person. Yeah, I see a ton of heads going up and down right now. So it bugs me when people say the Bible's just a list of do's and don'ts, as if that's a bad thing. Praise God, it's a list of do's and don'ts, just like a list. It's what you want. It's laid out perfectly. Everybody wants to say, listen, and I know husbands are this way. I say it to Robin all the time. Just tell me what you want me to do, honey. Just tell me exactly what you want me to do. 
and I'll do it. And I'm telling you, when she tells me exactly, it's like, thank you so much. I'm not good at reading in between the lines. This whole ESPN thing, you know, that we've got. I'm not good at this. Well, just you should know my feelings. No, I know I don't. I'm sorry. Tell me exactly what you want me to do. And when she tells me exactly, I'm awesome at it. I'm really, really, really great at that stuff. Look, it's exactly what God has done for us. Hey, God, tell me exactly what you want me to do so we can have a great relationship. Awesome, it's the Bible. Cool. I'm probably not going to read it, though. That's what we do. Can you believe that? I know. I know. Can you imagine if I had gone to Robin and said, honey, tell me exactly what you need me to do. She says, okay, I'm going to write it out and I'm going to give it to you. I get it. Oh, this is great. Crumble it up and throw it away. Oh, yeah, I know. I would never do that. So, look, we've got to read the Bible. It's laid out. As a, you want peace in your life? Well, do these things. You want to lose all of peace? Then do these things. Praise God. It's clear. Praise God, it's easy. Look, if you're sitting there right now and you're like, I don't know how to read the Bible. It's so confusing. I'm puzzled by the Bible. A couple of months ago, we did a series called Puzzled by the Bible. Go to iTunes and in the search bar, type in Parkway Fellowship. It's going to pop up. We did a series, Puzzled by the Bible. It'll be absolutely amazing. If you're sitting there and you're like, listen, I want to read the Bible. I don't know where to start. Look, right now, on the side of your sermon notes, write Mark. I want you to write Mark right next to it. I want you to read that. As soon as you're done with that, I want you to read James. After those two books, you read both of those. If you want help on where to go after that, just shoot me an email and I'll help you. All right? Look, you've got to fight sin. And you've got to read God's word so that you can be kept safe. All right, what's the third thing? The third thing is make God my fortress. Look at what it says in Psalm 62, verse 6. He is the fortress where I feel secure. Look, where do you feel at most peace and the safest? In a fortress. In a house? No, a fortress. Big walls, cannons, moat around it. In a fortress. Can you imagine that kind of peace? Golly, that's awesome. Look, how can I even begin to live in a fortress of peace? Honestly, the concept is so big, that's what we're going to talk about next week. Devote a whole sermon to it. You've got to come back. Come back next week. We're going to devote an entire message to God is fortress. I'm so excited about it because it's life-changing. Listen, you remember my neighbor? Kind of the ringleader of that group of guys that were messing with him? Moved away. It all stopped. He was at peace. Shortly after that, he had some snakes come in his backyard. He called me. I went and took care of a couple snakes. After that, stray dogs. Messing with them. Here's the thing. Guard gate, constable, it's temporary. It's absolutely temporary. Contracting peace out, the things of this world are temporary. Knowing God as peace is eternal. I want everybody right now to pull your connection card out. I want you to pick a next step on the back. 
Maybe for you today, it's make peace with God by becoming a Christ follower for the first time. Hey, if that's you, if what I talked about of making inward peace, there's a sample prayer at the bottom of your sermon notes. I want you to check that box. Pray that prayer right now. Pat and the worship team come up here to play a song. On your way out, by every door, there's packets called New Believers Packets. I want you to take it home, read it. It's got free information in there for you on how you need to begin to live your life, uh, begin to live your new relationship with Christ. Maybe for you, it's this next one. Commit to go to God first. Look, whenever anything is going on in your life, look, commit to go to God first. Not the things that we've contracted peace out to. Not the things that we've contracted it out to. We need to go and go to God first. Maybe for you, it's this next one. Decide to be obedient before God asks so you can be safe. Look, it's easy to be obedient when God asks easy things. But look, decide to be obedient right now, no matter what he's going to say. No matter what he's going to say, that's, that's going to keep you safe. Maybe for you, it's this next one. Commit to fight one sin aggressively in my life. Look, if there's a sin in your life that it is just wrecking the peace that you have, you know, maybe you should write it next to it. Write it next to that little deal right there. We'd love to pray for you about that and just check that box. Up my Bible reading by two days this week. Hey, up yours. By whatever it is, by two days. <laughs> Look, I don't know what's so funny about So if you're reading the Bible two days, up it to four. If you're reading it four, up it to six. You get what I'm saying. Up your Bible reading by two days this week. Listen, Mary View, it's this last one. Memorize Psalm 62, verse 5. Only God gives inward peace, and I depend on him. Let us pray before we go south anymore. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. I pray that you would, uh, God, let us know you as our peace. Lord, I pray that you would continue to send uh, your guidance and direction to us in our lives. Lord, so that we would begin to know you in all of these different roles. God, that we would know you as our Father, like we talked about last week. That we would know you as peace. God, and as we continue on in this series, as we look to you as our fortress and as our Lord, that we would know you more, that we would know you more fully. God, that we would know you, God, in all of these different roles, so that we could know you on a better level. So God, I thank you so much, uh, God, for everything that you brought David through so that he can write Psalm 62. God, I pray that you would continue to show us, uh, God, what it means to have inward peace and how we can align our lives on the outside to reflect the inward peace that you have given us. God, would you help us to fight the sin in our lives? God, would you help us to read our Bible more, Lord, so that we can know you as our peace? God, we love you. Yes, call us in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282.